Father, God, speak to your people. There are people, Lord, that are hurting today, people that are questioning you today, people that don't know you, and they're wondering what's going on around them. God, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, God, that you would rescue people, rescue people from themselves, open their eyes to the truth of who you are and how you have revealed yourself in the person of Jesus Christ and how, do you, how you speak to us through your word to remind us of your faithfulness and your love and your devotion to us. It is amazing to me, God, as much as I fail in my devotion to you, how devoted you are to me. God, we so easily forget. We're so easily distracted. God, I pray that we wouldn't be that way right now. That we might have our eyes opened, have our ears tuned into your Holy Spirit as you speak to us. God, thank you for loving us the way that you do. Thank you for speaking to us and having such great devotion to us, even though we fail miserably in our devotion to you. God, we love you, and we so want to hear from you right now. In Jesus' name, amen. So we started a series called Extreme Makeover Home Edition. And I guess the, the, the crux of the series is that this guy named Joseph comes from a screwed up family. And we're messed up in a lot of ways too, right? We got a lot of messed up stuff in our families too. And we can identify sometimes with Joseph because he comes from a messed up family. Not saying my family was bad. We had our issues, just like anybody else. Not saying I ever wanted to kill my brother or sister, like we saw last week with Joseph and his brothers, but there have been times when I was close, right? You've probably been there. Well, I just want you to see, I guess, I guess the whole reason God has kind of put this series on my heart is that, is that I want you to see what, what, what God is able to do, even in spite of the fact that there are terrible things that come our way, and there are times when, 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 when it doesn't look good, and, and things are, are going bad, and they're going the wrong direction, it seems like, that, that God is still faithful. See, I, I, I want you to take away more from this, this lesson series than just that, that, that God is faithful, because He is faithful, and we all know that God is faithful. What I want you to take away from this is the fact that Joseph was faithful. That Joseph was faithful. Not just that God was faithful, because we know that God is faithful. We've seen that in our own lives, but the fact that Joseph is faithful. And I told you last week that, that as far as the, the, the Old Testament is concerned, he's one of the most godly men that you see. He doesn't really do anything wrong. Daniel's the other guy that you see in the Old Testament. He doesn't really do anything wrong. And we've just been taking a close-up look at Joseph's life. And we saw, man, just how screwed up his family was last week, didn't we? His brothers, 
because he, he's, he's got a coat that his dad gave him. He's, he's the, the great-grandson of Abraham who God made a covenant with and said, look, you're going to be blessed and your descendants are going to be as numerous as the stars in heaven. And that was his great-granddaddy. And, 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 and like Joseph, he, he's the favorite of his dad. His dad, Jacob, has got a favorite and Joseph happens to be him. And Joseph gets a coat that his dad had made for him and it's all flamboyant and he looks like Snoop Dogg and he's got a feather sticking out of his hat. And like... It's, it's uh, you know, it, it, he's obviously the favorite of his dad, and his dad wants to make that known, and, and that's not good, right? Like, favoritism's not good. You would think Jacob would learn that because Esau was a favorite in his family, and that was his brother, and you would think that he would look and see that, you know what? Favoritism's not good. But obviously, Jacob didn't learn that lesson. Joseph was his favorite. He made no bones about it. And Joseph, for whatever reason, man, God kept giving him dreams about there's stuff that's going to happen in your life, Joseph, and your brothers are going to bow down to you one day and worship you, and he tells his brothers that. Now, good, bad, or ugly, he's just being honest. He's just saying, look, this is what I saw, and his brothers take it as pride. They look at what he's saying. They say, they're jealous of him, and they say, look at the dreamer. Here he comes. Let's kill him. Let's kill him, right? That's a messed up family. I don't care any way you slice it. That's pretty messed up. And his brothers come up with a scheme. I tell you what, we're not going to make any money off of him if we just kill him. Let's sell him into slavery. We'll throw him in a well. We'll come back and get him later. We'll sell him into slavery. It didn't work out. Uh, somebody else comes by, snatches him out of the well, and they sell him into slavery. So he's a slave. And you're like, God's faithful, right? Joseph's thrown in a well and sold into slavery. God's faithful. Yeah, he is. Because God's doing an extreme makeover in his house. In the house of Jacob, there is an extreme makeover that's happening. And we talked about the fact that uh, Joseph went to Dothan. Dothan is actually what it's called. He didn't go to Dothan. That's in Alabama. Dothan is where he goes. And Dothan's a place where we, we, we saw that, that there's something else going on here that maybe we can't see when our eyes are open, that, that maybe we can't see exactly what's going on here. Let me encourage you in the book that we're studying in Genesis, that, that, that what is, there's something going on here that you can't necessarily wrap your mind around at this stage of the game because it doesn't look very pretty. Sold into slavery, thrown in a well, his brothers want to kill him. It doesn't look really good right now. Well, maybe that's the place you're at in your life. Maybe that's the place you're at in your life, and your life doesn't look like things are on the up and up right now. Maybe things look like crap, to be honest with you, right? Can you're not supposed to say that. Sometimes things look like crap in our lives, okay? Just the way it is. Like sugar-coated for you, I could say a different word, but that's just the way it looks sometimes. It just looks like that. You go, what's God up to? What's he doing? I know you're faithful, God. It doesn't look like it, but I know you are. What's going on? And I'll be honest with you, today's message, it doesn't start looking up any. You get a little taste of, of things maybe going the right way, and then all of a sudden, the rug gets pulled out from under him again. Isn't that what happens to us? That's life, ain't it? That's what, it like things start to look up for just a few minutes. I'm in slavery, but at least it's kind of headed in the right direction, and they start to look up, and then, boom, the rug gets pulled right back out from underneath you. And the whole time, you were faithful to God. You were doing what you are supposed to do, but it, it still, it turns out not so good. So we're going to end today, and it's not going to end exactly on a happy message. I'll just tell you that, straight up. I'll give you the disclaimer for the end of the message. It's not really good. 
but God is still faithful. The question is, will you be faithful to God? Will you be faithful to God even when it looks like you're, you're being faithful to God and nothing seems to work out and, and, and bad things happen and you're still faithful to God and something else bad happens and then something else bad happens and you're still faithful to God and you're asking God the whole time, why is this happening? I don't get why this is happening. Exactly. Exactly. Just because you don't get it doesn't mean that God's not doing something. <laughs> it cracks me up sometimes. It cracks me up that we, we, we think we got God figured out, right? Like, we know what God's up to, right? Why is he not doing anything right now? Why is he, he's the almighty God of the universe. He knows where the oceans stop and how many grains of sand there are on the beach. But he, he must not know what he's doing right now in my life because, man, I, I'm trying and I'm trying and I'm trying and bad stuff keeps happening. Really? Really? You think for just a second maybe his ways are higher than your ways? Maybe just for a second, you can't see the bigger picture that he sees, that he knows what he's up to, that things are being orchestrated in such and such a way for a particular purpose in mind for you and your life, and that God is going to be able to use you and use your testimony and use what you've been through for the purposes of glorifying God. Is that even possible? Absolutely. God's faithful to you, even when it doesn't look like he is, but will you remain faithful to God even when it looks like he's not? Will you? Let's look at Joseph. Let's look at what he did. Be in Genesis chapter 39 this morning. You say, Kenny, you jumped over Genesis chapter 38. We may go back and deal with that at some point in time. For right now, we're going to continue on in Joseph's life without interruption. So forgive me for doing that. If you want to call me out on it publicly, that's perfectly fine. You can do that. Go into Genesis chapter 39, okay? We're going to continue in the story of Joseph. And Joseph was taken... Uh, to Egypt by the Ishmaelite traders, he was purchased by Potiphar, an Egyptian officer. Potiphar was captain of the guard for Pharaoh, king of, the, king of Egypt. Hmm. Hmm. Now, this is interesting. Gives you a little hint that maybe God is something up, up to something right here, right? Like, he, he's, he's sold into slavery, and he's a slave for this dude named Potiphar. Now, Potiphar is kind of the right-hand man of the the Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. And, and you're like, oh, well, maybe, oh, I see. Okay, I see things are looking up here. I see, God, I got a little taste. This is like foreshadowing in a book. I know what's about to come up. I can see it. I can see what you're doing here, God. Oh, he's, he's, uh, he's working for the guy that's the right-hand man to Pharaoh. Oh, I got you, God. I see what's going on here. A little wink, wink from heaven going, yeah. Uh-huh, you got it, right? The Lord was with Joseph. Oh, wait, wait, I'll repeat that. You know, apparently, I'll miss that. The Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph. You ever feel like God's not with you? You ever feel like he's abandoned you and you're in slavery and maybe you got a job that, that stinks. I don't know. Maybe your job stinks. You know, it, you know why I know your job probably does stink? Because they pay you to do it. If, if it didn't stink, they wouldn't have to pay you. Right? You get me? Like, jobs stink. That's why I call it labor. Same thing they call childbirth, labor. Jobs stink. They just do. This dude was a slave. He wasn't getting paid. 
He couldn't stop being a slave. He couldn't quit, throw up his hands and say, I'm done. Don't want to be a slave anymore. It's too hard being a slave. I want to go do something else. No. They say, you're going to be a slave. You know what he is? He's a slave. You know what he continues to be? A slave, even when he doesn't want to be a slave anymore. But look at this. So he succeeded in everything he did and served in the home of his Egyptian master. Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. This pleased Potiphar, so soon he made Joseph his personal attendant. He put him in charge of the entire household and everything he owned. From the day Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property, the Lord began to bless Potiphar's household for Joseph's sake. And his house, all, all his household affairs ran smoothly, and his crops and livestock flourished. Joseph was faithful in his job. Crazy, right? Like, he, he just did a good job. Now, some of us struggle with that in our, our jobs, right? We feel like we're a slave, and we don't really want to do a good job. But the Lord was with Joseph, and I believe the Lord encouraged Joseph to do a good job. Let me tell you something. Your job may stink, and you may not like it, but do a good job. You know why you need to do a good job? Because the Lord is with you. And your testimony is a testimony to what Christ can do in you. And if you're sitting around playing games and not doing your job and not working hard, then that reflects on the testimony of Christ. Joseph was faithful, and he was a daggum slave. He was a slave. And God blessed Potiphar. It didn't say blessed. It says Joseph was blessed, and even the blessing of Joseph even carried on to Potiphar, so everything run, ran smoothly. But it said it was for Joseph's benefit. Now, this is a pretty cool concept to me, that if I'm faithful to God and I continue to seek God and do what God wants me to do as I'm working like a slave doing my job, that that, that can actually carry over into my company, and they can be blessed so that things will actually run smoother for me. That's crazy to think about. It's true. It's true. It really is true. I, I, I tell you all the time that we, we got to just stick with God and keep on keeping on for the cause of Christ. And, and I can tell you from my own testimony, man, it works out. It works out. Not every time. And there have been times when it looked really bad. It looked extremely bad. Like I'm going to lose my job or my job's moving to, to Deerfield, Illinois. Yeah, I say that name because that happened to me. It looked, looked like every. every I'll, I'll, let me give you a little personal taste of my life for just a minute. So I had a job. It's the same company I work for now, believe it or not. But what happened was they call us into the, to the break room one day. They, they, they have two meetings, one for the lab employees and one for all the administrative employees. And they go, here's the deal, folks. Just want to let you know uh, that in a year, you can either move to Deerfield, Illinois, or you can quit, but you won't have a job in a year. And the lab employees got told, hey, the administrative side over there, they're, they're being told right now that, um, that they're all losing their jobs in a year. Just so you know, you're going to have your job because the lab's going to stay open, but all the administrative stuff, all the IT, the HR, the payroll, all that stuff's moving up to Deerfield, and they can either move to Deerfield or they can lose their job. And some of them weren't even given the choice of moving to Deerfield. Some of them were like, like you're, just, you're not going to have a job in a year. I'm sorry. I hope you'll stick around with us. So I'm sitting there in that meeting going, okay, all right, God, what you up to? What's going on here? I don't, I don't see it. It's not real clear to me. I remain faithful in my job. 
I remain committed to doing a good job. I say, God, your plan, your ways are higher than my ways. I trust you. I know what you're doing. Yeah, I don't know what you're doing, but I, I trust that you know what you're doing, and I'm just going to keep doing my job and do it to the best of my ability. There are two employees out of the 100 employees or so that were, were there that were told that day that they were losing their job in a year. There are two employees that got to keep their jobs and are still employed by the company and got to remain in Hoover, Alabama and not have to move to Chicago or Deerfield, Illinois. There are two employees, and I happen to be one of those two employees. And I thought, man, this is it. Man, I got to move my family to Chicago. Either that or I got to quit and find another job, probably in Atlanta or somewhere, and we'll have to move, and, and things are going to be different. You know, I just thought that everything was going to be turned upside down. Remain faithful. Remain committed. Remain committed to doing a good job. Just because you can't see what God is up to doesn't mean he's not up to something. I can tell you from my own personal testimony that that was the case in my life. I'm not saying it'll work out that way every single time, but just remain faithful and trust God. Because you don't have any idea what he could be doing, how he could be setting things up so that you, maybe one day you'll be starting a church in Oxford, Alabama. Maybe. just I don't know, man. But trust God and remain faithful and keep doing a good job. That's what Joseph did. That's what Joseph did. And it says Potiphar's house was even blessed. And I mean, he's, he's in charge of everything for Potiphar, right? Like, he, he gave him all of his assets. Like, he's in charge of his family and all of his... I mean, the dude handed him his credit card. Said, here, you take care of my junk, right? How many people you know that you would hand them your credit card and say, here, you take care of my stuff? Ain't many, right? And if they were, if there was somebody, you would hope they were a Christian, wouldn't you? You're like, I'm going to entrust my credit card to a Christian. You know why? Because they represent Christ. Because they're a person of integrity. Oh, I get it. I get it. So I'm supposed to be in a person of integrity so that somebody will entrust me with more and they can trust me. So that's a person of integrity because I know they're a Christ follower. Yes. Yes. That's what you would do. Am I right? Perhaps we should be that way as opposed to wanting somebody else to be that way. So Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. But Joseph there, he didn't worry about a thing except what kind of food to eat. Joseph was very handsome and a well-built young man. He doesn't say this about anybody else in the Bible. Joseph is the hottest dude in the Bible. Just being honest with you, okay? I don't know what he looked like, but he had six-pack abs. <laughs> he was well-built. They didn't have guns back then. Joseph had guns. Some of y'all are a little slow on that. It's okay. Joseph was a very handsome and well-built young man. There's a problem with being handsome and well-built, though. I heard a pastor say the problem with it is that people want to get you naked. There's some advantages to being not so handsome and not so well-built. People don't want to get you naked. They do everything they can to keep you from being naked, as a matter of fact. 
That's why they made special T-shirts for plumbers, right? A little bit longer. Don't want you to be naked. It's not good for you to be naked. Don't be naked. Turned out to be a problem for old Joseph. And Potiphar's wife soon began to look at him lustfully. Come and sleep with me, she, she demanded. Obviously, she's a very subtle young lady that is pursuing Joseph. Come and sleep with me, she demanded. Now, Joseph, he's in a dilemma here, right? So he's a slave, first of all, not likely to ever be married being a slave. It doesn't really look like there's a potential to be married at any point in time. He's a slave. He's kind of got it going on. He's ripped up and he's, he's handsome, right? Probably got the dark Jewish hair thing going on and all that. And, and he, he, you know, he, he's Patrick Dempsey working for Potiphar's wife, right? That's what's going on here. I was going to put a picture of Patrick Dempsey up on the screen, but I knew it would be sin. I knew it would be sin for y'all. So I didn't do that. And a lot of you are picturing Patrick Dempsey in your mind right now as Joseph. Don't let that control you. You hear me? You listen to Jesus right now. Don't listen. Don't have Patrick Dempsey up in your mind right now, okay? Patrick Dempsey's working for Potiphar's wife. His name's Joseph. And she's very subtle. She's an aggressive young lady. Apparently, she, she's like, just come sleep with me. And you think about, man, this is a golden opportunity for the dude, right? Like, like, Sometimes guys don't even look for golden opportunities. They look for any opportunity. Here, this dude's got a golden opportunity. He's like, he's like Potiphar's going off every day and tending his own stuff, and, and he's put me in charge of everything, and, and slaves are supposed to do what, what people tell them to do, right? And if, if their masters tell them to do this, they're supposed to do what they're demanded to do. I mean, it would almost be justified for him to go and do this thing, right? It would almost be justified for him to say, all right, look, this is what she said. I just did what she said, man. Looking for, I mean, most guys be looking for any opportunity, and here this guy's got a golden opportunity, and look what he does. Look what he does. In the face of this, this, this woman who is trying to draw him in, it says, but Joseph refused. Look, he told her, my master trusts me with everything in his entire household. No one here has more authority than I do. He has held back nothing from me except you. Because you are his wife. How could I do such a wicked thing? It would be a great sin against God. Oh, that, that's key, isn't it? He, 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 he talks about how it would affect his master, but then the last thing he says is it would be a great sin against God. He doesn't say it would be a great sin against Potiphar. He says it would be a great sin against God. As, as you're tempted, guys, look, we're all tempted, right? We're all, we're all drawn or whatever you want to call it, right? As you're tempted, this is exactly what King David said after he had committed adultery. This is what he said. He said, I have sinned against God. I have sinned against God. Joseph said, if I do this thing, I will sin against God. It will be a great sin against God. It is against God and God alone. But look at this, man. She kept on putting pressure on Joseph day after day. Can you imagine, guys? Day after day, she's continuing to pursue you, and you've got golden opportunity after golden opportunity. And the question is, will you remain faithful to God? 
Will you do what God would have you to do? It says, day after day, she, but he refused to sleep with her and kept her out of her way as much as possible. He wouldn't even go near her because, he, I mean, he, he didn't want to be tempted. He didn't want to be drawn that way. He didn't want her to be tempted with him, so he just stayed away from one day. However, no one else was around. When he went in to do his work, she came and grabbed him by his cloak, demanding, come and sleep with me. Joseph tore himself away, but he left his cloak in her hand and ran from the house. Oh, this is great biblical truth, isn't it? You know what you should do in the face of temptation? Run. Don't stay there and say, I'm strong. I'm a man faithful to God. I can handle this temptation. He just ran. I mean, just like ran. He's gone. So much so that he ran out of his clothes, ran. You know what I'm saying? Like, he was so gone that she grabbed his cloak, and he's like, I don't care. I'm getting away, man. I'm running from this temptation. I'm running from this opportunity. She's demanding, and I've been resisting and resisting, and, and things have reached fever pitch right now. And the only thing I know to do is to run. Great biblical truth for us, isn't it? Great biblical truth for us. Just run. Sometimes that's all you can do, man. Just run. Run away. Do everything you can to avoid the situation. And when that doesn't happen, if you're, you're pinched and you're, in, you're backed into a corner, just run. Just run. In order to be faithful to God, just run. We have a tendency to think that we're supposed to be strong in the face of temptation. No. Be scared. Be afraid. Run. She gets mad. She gets mad. When she saw that she was holding his cloak and he had fled, she called out to her servant. Soon all the men came running. Look, she said, my husband has brought this Hebrew slave here to make fools of us. He came into my room to rape me. But I screamed. Then he heard me scream and he ran outside and got away. But he left his cloak behind with me. She kept the cloak with her until her husband came home. Then she told him her story. That Hebrew slave you brought into our house. Almost pointing the finger at him. Now think about his response. And Potiphar's coming back to the house. He knows something's up because all the slaves are around. They're in a tizzy. His wife's saying, we got to talk. Me and you's got to have a conversation about what's happened here today. She's probably crying and upset. And what do guys do when, when, when women are crying and upset? We immediately, like, whatever she said, we got, we got to make it stop, don't we? We're protectors by nature. That's what we do. So whenever she's crying, I got to make her not cry. Whatever's made her so upset, I got to do whatever it takes so that she's not upset anymore. And she's full of lies. She is full of deceit and full of lies, and he doesn't get the whole story. All he gets is her side of the story. All he hears is what she said, and she starts out by saying, it's your fault. It's your fault. So what, what, what does he immediately think when she says it's your fault? You've got to do something about it. He says, that Hebrew that you've brought into our house? Tried to come in and fool around with me, she said, but when I screamed, he ran outside leaving his cloak with me. See, I've got the evidence right here. I've got his clothes right here. You see what he did? He, 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 he ran out of here because I screamed. I tried to fight him off. I was, I was trying, to, trying to do the right thing. But that Hebrew that you brought into, into this place, you know what he did? He tried to take advantage of me. 
She's full of lies, full of deceit. Man, Joseph did the right thing. Here this evil woman's doing the wrong thing. And who's going to pay the penalty for it? Who's going to pay the penalty for it? Joseph has remained faithful to God. And he's done the right thing. He even fled from temptation. He, he resisted sin. He resisted it day after day after day. And then finally it came to fever pitch and he ran out the door and did everything he could to get away from it. Now who's going to pay the penalty? Who deserves justice right here? Who deserves for, for God to, to just make everything right? Who deserves for, for God to just take away everything that's bad and, and, and just, just Joseph be lifted up and everything work out just right? Who deserves that? Joseph does, right? He deserves that. Surely that's what God's going to do, right? Surely that God is going to make everything right. Surely, Kenny. If this is a soap opera, man, we know that we're coming to, the, I mean, the hour is running towards the end. We've got to end on a high note, right? Surely everything, I mean, some of the slaves are going to speak up. Somebody saw something and they say, no, Joseph ran out and, and your wife is the liar. Surely that's going to happen, right, Kenny? Potiphar was furious, rightfully so, when he heard his wife's story. Notice it was, he didn't hear the truth, he heard his wife's story. He heard a story is what he heard. Not all stories are true, by the way, in case you're wondering. Some of them are just stories, and some of them are, are not true at all. This one happens to be just a story and not true at all. People tell us stories all the time. That's what your mama said when you were little. Oh, he's telling a story. What does that mean? He's lying. He's lying. Well, she's lying. She's telling a story. He heard his wife's story about how Joseph had treated her. So he took Joseph and threw him into prison where the king's prisoners were held and he remained. What? Well, that's not very good, Kenny. He went to prison for a crime he didn't commit. He suffered punishment for something he didn't do. He's trying to be faithful to God. Didn't, why didn't God... Why didn't God bail him out? Why didn't God do something or make Potiphar die before, before he ever were, was able to tell anybody what he did or throw him into prison? Why didn't God step up and do something? Isn't that God's job to step up and make things work out for us when we're faithful to him? Isn't that what's supposed to happen? That's not life, man. This, this book right here, this is life. This is real life. This ain't some story. This is truth. And, and that's, why, that's why when you look at it, you see truth. You don't, you don't see some story and everything working out in the end and there's some fairy tale where everything's great and wonderful. Even when we remain faithful to God, sometimes bad things happen. They continue to happen, even as we continue to be faithful. Threw him into prison. But I want you to see something here. Look at that verse just a second. What kind of prison did he throw him into. He threw him into a prison where the king's prisoners were held. And there he remained. The king's prisoners. Huh. So first he was a slave to a guy that was right-hand man to the king. And now he's in a prison where all the king's prisoners go. Foreshadowing. Maybe there's something else going on here. He's in prison, but he's in the right prison. You may be in prison in your life, but maybe you're in the right prison in your life. Maybe you're exactly where God would have you to be for his purposes and his plan for your life. And even though it looks like prison, you are in the right prison. 
But the Lord was with Joseph in the prison and showed him his faithful love. If God was with him, why, why didn't he bail him out of prison? If God was with him, why didn't he keep him from going to prison? No. He's in prison. He's in the right prison. And God is with him, showing him his faithful love. God is still faithful to Joseph, showing him love in prison for a crime he did not commit. And the Lord made Joseph a favorite with the prison warden. Before long, the warden put Joseph in charge and all the other prisoners. And over everything that happened in the prison, the warden had no more worries because Joseph took care of everything. The Lord was with him and caused everything he did to succeed. A guy was a slave, and he did his job faithfully. He got lied on and got put into prison. He goes into prison for a crime he didn't commit. And he's still faithful. Now he's a slave and a prisoner, and he's faithfully doing the job that God... How in the world? How in the world do I have a right in my job, in my place in life, or the things that have happened to me? How in the world do I have a right not to be faithful? How in the world do I have a right to say, you know what? God's dealt me a bad hand. Life's dealt me a bad hand, and God hadn't helped out. How do I have a right to say any of that? Joseph just said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm in prison. I'm a slave. I'm going to be faithful as a prisoner and as a slave. And before long, being faithful and being committed and doing what he was supposed to, people begin to see that. And they begin to put him in charge of things, even in the prison. You know why? Because he has integrity. Because he honors God. Even though he got lied on and the warden may know about why he's in prison... The warden doesn't look at his past. The warden looks at who he is and evaluates him based on that and begins to put him in charge of things. What does that mean for me and you? It means that it could very well be that we've been lied upon or maybe even we've messed up in the past or we've done something in the past. If you have integrity and you're a man or a woman of God, God can still use you if you are faithful and you are committed to doing the things that, that God has put in front of you, even if you're in prison. To remain faithful even in prison? Yes. Yes. You may feel like in your life it's not fair, right? Isn't that what we say? It's not fair. Come on, God, it's not fair. I've been faithful. I've done what I was supposed to, and I'm still in prison. I'm still a slave. Nothing's changed. We don't have, we don't, we don't have great revelation here that says that everything is, is going to work out. We don't know the end of the story yet. And we, we probably know that the end of the story is how it works out for Joseph, but I want you to see this. I want you to see the fact that God is faithful and God is with Joseph and God blesses Joseph when he is a slave and Joseph is faithful as a slave and as he's a prisoner and he is faithful as a prisoner, God is still blessing him and working things out in his life at the place that he may end. Even without knowing the end of the story, we see God doing great things. 
So wherever you are in your life, if you feel like you've been faithful but the rug has been pulled out from underneath you, I want to encourage you to remain faithful, remain committed, remain in your testimony for Jesus Christ. Remain a person of integrity so that God can do things through you right where you are, even if it's in prison. Even if it's in prison, you remain faithful. You remain committed. You remain a person, a man or a woman of God. Let me pray. Father, I don't know the situations in people's lives. Lord, all I know is that you have led us to this place in your word. And God, there, I know that there are people struggling. That's the only thing that you've told me. Is that there are people struggling and they need to hear your word. So God, I, I have tried my best to remain faithful to your word and preach your word the best way I know how. Now, the rest is up to you. God, I have faith and I trust in you. However, you're going to use these words, God, that are your words and not mine. I pray, Lord, that people would simply respond to you however you lead them. God, there are people that feel like they're in the bondage of slavery right now. There are people that feel like that they're prisoners. God, I pray that even in the midst of all of that, they would remain faithful to you because you remain faithful to us. God, I know it's not easy. You didn't call us to easy things. You called us to things that glorify you. Lord, if we need to wrestle with you, I pray that we would do that in this altar. God, we do that when we go home today. We would wrestle and we would work this out God, so that we might remain faithful on Monday as we head back into our jobs, our schools, wherever it is that we're going. God, whatever prison we may feel like we're headed to, that, God, we would remain faithful in that place and committed to you and your ways and not our own ways. God, this is your time for us to respond to you, for you to do a great work in our hearts and in our minds. So, Lord, I'm asking you to do that. I'm asking you to do that for your sake so that you might be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. Would everyone please stand?